What's up? Welcome back to the Weekly Bugle, where we give you guys your information that you need on all spoiler stuff. I am one of the co-hosts, Tyler. And I'm your other co-host, Jesse. And today we are talking about episode two of the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Uh, anything you want to say before you jump into it, Jess? Uh, no, I think another phenomenal episode right out the gate. Uh, series is looking good. Um, just if, I don't know if we ever talked about it last time, but uh, we'll have six episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if you watch WandaVision, it? yeah, just six. I thought there was like eight or nine. Because didn't we have eight of WandaVision? Yeah, well, what they've said is that um, Kevin Feige, you know, like the head Marvel head Studios honcho. guy, he says their magic number is six hours for the shows. So it could be six hour long episodes or they can break it up like WandaVision where some are like 20, 30 minutes. Some are, you know, a little bit more. Oh, interesting. Okay. So Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't know. I'm like of two minds about it. Like, I don't like that. Longer I episodes. want because that, that 49 minute is like that hour long. Like it's perfect timing. Yeah. But I want more. I want eight nine 13 episodes yeah so do i especially when it's not even an hour they're not even and yes. you know that 49 minutes is a tease well they've got the end credits they've got yes. previously on so it's more like yeah. 40 minutes so yeah but i do like it a little bit better wandavision it felt like as soon as you got into it it was done. it was because it was like yeah. some episodes were like 29 minutes yeah that mm -hmm. one was a good one to binge watch falcon and winter soldier is a little bit more yeah it, it makes the weeks go by a little bit better and i've actually for this uh for these episodes that we're doing i watched the episode twice and they actually hold up on the second viewing pretty well like they're still fun to watch i was surprised i thought it'd be kind of boring but on the first time the first episode i watched twice this time i didn't get around to it mm -hmm. um we're recording this saturday the episode came out friday so lucky you for being able to watch it twice yeah i just fun. don't have that time well, yeah, I can't lucky. help you there, but yeah, that's all me. <laughs> let's uh, let's kick it off. Um, let's this do episode it. is episode two. It's called our Star Spangled Man. I don't know if I mentioned the first episode. It's called New Order, New World Order. But this episode is the Star Spangled Man. Um, the first off, the this first scene, it like it shows him like zipping something or unzipping, but that scene was way too long. That was my first note. Zipper scene too long. <laughs> it was a little bit. I don't know, like when you're editing, like it's called like uh, cut out my darlings, which is means like like if it's not meant for the story, you cut it out. Mm -hmm. And like that, I felt like it just been cut to half or like two or like a third of it. I guess they do seem to start with somewhat of a, um, what do you call it? Like an artsier thematic kind of first shot. Like first time we had first episode was Falcon, you know, doing the ironing, kind of like a slow burn. Yeah, what's going exactly. On kind of thing. And this one was a zipping. The issue I had with it, I didn't really have much of an issue. I do feel it was a little bit long like now that I think seconds. back on it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I couldn't see anything. All I could see was the zipper Zip and like, exactly. the, like the holder. Like what the, did that mean for the story? I mean, on second viewing, I could tell, okay, now I know that that's the USA or the John Walker Captain America suit. But there wasn't enough. I would have liked to see more of the highlight of the suit. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was. I felt like it could have been cut out completely. It could have been. It probably could have opened with the because it's like a nice fade in shot of John Walker walking into the yeah. locker room. See, but and that brings us to like the next scene because I mm -hmm. felt like that could have started it, started it, you know, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think so too. And um, it, it was still a a good scene. I think as we suspected, we would get a lot of John Walker, uh, kind of build up in this one. Mm -hmm. 
So, which I was glad. I wanted to see more of John Walker and learn kind of what his what his whole deal was. You and, were uh, also right about Bucky and Falcon coming together this episode. I said it wasn't going to be till three. Oh, you that's said, right. You got so you got that one right. I was wrong about how they would get together. I thought it would be a little bit more intricate, but I guess we'll get to that in a little bit because we have quite a bit of show John before Walker we get there. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. But no, so, I go ahead. I was going to kick into the second the, the John Walker you know, walking into the locker room. Mm -hmm. Um, It's his high school locker. He takes the sticker off where like, he looks like he, he carved his name in like Johnny or Jay Walker, J dot Walker. And um, we meet uh, his first friend, his first companion, uh, Lamar Hoskins. Hoskins. Mm -hmm. And um, so for the audience, and I don't even know if you knew this, Hoskins actually replaced Bucky in the comics for a little bit. And his name was actually Bucky, you know, like Cap called him Bucky, but it was a, like, looked as like a racial slur. So they renamed him Battlestar. Mm, Okay. He was with Steve Rogers? Yeah, for a little bit. Okay. I didn't look up that detail. I know that he was, because they had like a group of people called the Buckies at one point. I know he was like the Bucky to US agent or. Mm -hmm. But he um, was also Bucky for Cap at once upon a time. I didn't know that detail. There was um, a good little bit, I guess, changed or kind of acknowledged from John Walker's comic appearance. Mm-hmm. So in this one, so in the comics, he's actually a pro wrestler. So there oh. are uh, like locker room scenes in that. But um, for this, I guess they kind of, I don't know if I'd say modernized it, but maybe made it a little bit more relatable. I don't know. I guess a wrestler isn't necessarily something you would expect, but um, a football is, so he's essentially a football player in this or I guess for high school I think what it is is like it gives him that all-american vibes because you, know, true. Mm-hmm. you look at like he played high school quarterback then you know he went to join the he's the, an ex-marine so he went to join the marines and to serve his country like he's followed those footsteps to become all-american like you know an all-american is kind of like a like a, a term like I don't know exactly what it means but it's a term no I know what you mean he is what you would expect an American kind of golden boy yes be. golden boy is a great word yeah a great um such group of words so i do think that was a good change to take him away from wrestling to put him into football i mean it's not entirely like a necessary change but i like it i thought they were just going to skip the whole because originally john walker um starts off so he he has no superpowers and then we'll talk, probably talk about this a little bit as we go through but in the comics he's no powers then he becomes uh, experimented on by the power broker and gets powered and basically uses that to become a professional wrestler type deal and he goes by the name super patriot so but in this it's yeah it's taken a little bit different he doesn't have powers as captain america and we're not hearing anything super patriot so they're kind of just skipping and all of that straight to cap yeah exactly but um yeah you mentioned L- lamar hoskins in there so we'll definitely be seeing him a lot more so you can kind of think of him as the Bucky of the John Walker. Yeah. Um, so one thing I did like, it kind of humanized him is, you know, he's new Captain America and everybody knows he's Captain America already, but he's in there practicing his speech. You know, it essentially humanized him, mm-hmm. you know, saying like, Hey, you know, even though I'm, uh, I'm this hero figure now, I'm also still, you know, a regular person like you, I still get nervous talking to crowds. I have to practice my speech before I even go out there. And it even shows him 
changing the way he's like changing the way he's uh he's wording his words before you know he gets out there he's saying like oh this doesn't sound right oh captain america would never say this and things like that and i, I and something i liked about that beginning scene yeah and he seems a little bit uh humble he's he's a little bit reluctant to be captain america him and lamar are talking about you know the weight of the you know the symbolism that the shield and the name captain america carry you know lamar even says this isn't something you can just you know problems you can't punch your way out of you know you Mm -hmm. have to stand for something and be you know this icon and um john walker yeah very clearly is saying he's nervous to fail and to not pull it off so yeah i think humanizing is a great way to put that and it puts me a little bit more in his corner as far as understanding his mind and i think a lot of people after that first episode probably assumed that he would be a villain or an asshole for winking at the camera yeah, exactly. He kind of gave that vibe of this is somebody we shouldn't like. And then to open episode two and kind of give him a little bit more, uh, we get a little bit more insight into his mind to where, yeah, I am warming up to him. I'm a little bit more in his corner at this point. Um, did you have anything else from the first scene? No. Uh, you want to move on to the football field? Yeah. So so two things I wrote I wrote about when he walked right out on the football field. First thing, he's like signing autographs. So I was like, it's not important, but I was like, I wonder what he signs. Johnny, Johnny Walker or John Walker? This is Johnny Walker, right? Jo- just John. John Johnny Walker. Walker, I think, is like an alcohol. Oh, okay. <laughs> John Walker, or does he sign Captain America? Like, I was just kind of curious because we don't know. I didn't read. And Yeah, I, it's something that, you know, we're not going to get tri- uh, privy to, but I was just kind of curious. The I second, bet if you freeze-framed it, it would... It would yeah, you'd probably have to freeze-frame and zoom in. The second thing, I was like, that's not America's ass. Because that's not oh. my Captain America. That's like, not the, that's not America's ass. I didn't. <laughs> I wish I'd looked. Now I'm saying I didn't look, but I'm like, yeah. Does he own the ass? <laughs> yeah, I don't, and I don't know. I guess I, he doesn't because I didn't notice. Because I well, I didn't look. If I'm being honest, I was just like it was a back shot where you can see from behind, and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just remembered like from Endgame, you know, wow, that is America's ass. Like, and I was yeah. like, that's not my America's ass. I know you want to, you didn't think anything, but you want to think thick when you're yes, looking at Captain two America. Scenes. Yeah, exactly. Well, so also during this scene, as he's running out onto the field, uh, the music playing, the band is playing like a, like a band orchestral, not orchestral, but it's a variation of the Star Spangled Man yes. song from the Captain America movies, if you recognize that. I think they even mentioned, well, there's Star Spangled is like in the title and Star Spangled. Star Man's Spangled Man's the song name. And Lamar even mentions, I think he calls him the Star Spangled Man at some yes. point. So they're really laying in heavy into into that theme. But yeah, that's what the band is playing as he's running up, which I thought was kind of a, a neat little touch. Because mm-hmm. John Walker is being used a little bit as like a government marketing scheme. Just like the first one. Just like Cap. And I think we'll see a lot of echoes of Captain America throughout this show in different ways but yeah it is kind of funny to see the same things happening again same things repeating themselves from the 40s when captain america was just getting started um and then you know he's having that interview on the 50 yard line and uh basically like you said he's on tour as cap and like it's another callback to the first captain america where you know he essentially wasn't there to fight wars he was just a marketing tool and uh they show clips because, you know, this is a news conference or a news interview, and it shows him practicing with the shield. And I'm not going to lie. He looks really, really good. Yeah, like, I love I that. mean, he's not as good as as Steve, but, you know, 
<laughs> he was some good. Cool shots. Yeah, throwing yeah. the shield. I love and then just the watching it ricochet. It. Yeah. Yes. Like, and we've seen not just anybody can throw that because I feel like I don't know for 100% I'm positive on this, but I feel like we've seen other people throw the shield, not Bucky, and they don't throw it as well as Steve does. That's true. I'm trying to think back. I remember Hawkeye threw it at one point during, like, in the Avengers Mansion when Ultron first shows up or his Ultron bots, you know, he yeah. That's more of like a pass to Captain America. I always assumed the shield was heavy and was tough to throw like that. No, they, they, in one of the episodes, or one of the movies, because they're not episodes, they talk about how light it is. Yeah, the vibranium. Yeah. I never took it to be, it was that light. I tried to, there's a, like a plastic Captain America shield behind me. If you're, yeah, you straight look like Captain America right now. Not really. But, um, I've tried to like throw it like that. It's just, you can't hold it like that. So I've always assumed that maybe, it was just because Cap had the super soldier serum, but seeing John Walker throwing around, I'm like, okay, that shield is very, very lightweight because he, yeah. John Walker's strong, but he's not, he's not enhanced super soldier strong. So, well, that, that's something I wanted to talk about later because, well, actually is a good transition to the next point because even after, while, during the interview, she's saying, you know, Hey, you know, your uh your body's off the charts you got studied at mit and so like that's interesting because does he like it, it just brings the question to me does he have super soldier serum and he's kind of holding back or, that's true or you know because why would they just study any homo sapien at mit like, yeah unless he's like at crazy peak fit you know um condition where he has like 0.05 body fat and like you know, straight muscle. You're like, mm -hmm. I just don't know. I thought that too, because it was interesting because she said, yeah, he was off the charts for speed, endurance, intelligence, and I think he cuts her off. Mm -hmm. So we didn't hear, but he, she said on like all metrics. So it did seem strange that I guess maybe we're supposed to assume that he is peak physical condition, yeah, which in the like, comics is what Captain America is supposed to be. But in the movies, he's more like super strength kind of deal. So. Maybe John Walker is just yeah the like the epitome of what you what should we should strive is. for. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting to see. I, I take it to be that he's not enhanced with Super Soldier, but he very well could be. In the comics, he is, but I think mm -hmm. at some point they'll either. I, I feel like they may build up to that and get him enhanced at some point, but um, I guess maybe they don't have to. But so um, I just looked up a couple of people that have thrown the shield. I couldn't find people that thrown it in the MCU, but people that have thrown with accuracy as well as Captain America, uh, Hawkeye, Winter Soldier, Falcon, Daredevil, Bullseye, and even surprisingly, the Punisher. Hmm, okay, so I guess it's just that lightweight that regular yeah people can throw it pretty well. So you got mm -hmm. like Taskmaster throwing shields like that too. I don't think he's. I guess we'll see in Black Widow movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably a, like an unnecessary issue that we can put to bed for the moment that I'm bringing up is, can you throw, I always assumed you had to be like kind of superpowered to throw the shield like cap, but apparently not. Although I'm sure he's throwing with more force. Yeah. hundred percent. But um, getting back on track, um, yes. I was surprised to see 
So on the football field during that John Walker interview, they show the stadium and there are a lot of fans out there. There are a lot of people cheering on John Walker. And I'm sure some of it is just there at his local high school. So he's kind of like a local celebrity type deal. But it made me think, okay, a lot of people are actually embracing John Walker. And it's really, we're just seeing Falcon and Winter Soldier, their perspectives, not being comfortable with this. But the rest of the world seems to be pretty open to it. So do you think they're embracing Walker or do you think it's, this is very like pessimistic I'm about to say, Mm -hmm. or do you think it's like, oh, look, he's a celebrity. I get to meet a celebrity kind of thing. Because let's be honest, like, you know, if Captain America was to like, you know, come by and have like, uh, like a press conference at a football field near me, like I'd be, well, I'm I'm a huge Captain America fan. Let's say something like somebody like Kingpin, if Kingpin, Mm -hmm was to come or Zemo, somebody that we don't like, a villain, yeah, was to true. come and have a press conference, like hundred percent, I'm probably gonna be there just to say like, hey, just I saw Cap. there. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not trying to like I'm just playing devil's avocado. Okay. Yeah. Devil's well, avocado. De- devil's advocate. I'm just avocado sounds okay. kind of cooler. I does it okay. Well or funnier. <laughs> so um no I took it to be I could totally see what you're saying and I think the local celebrityism could be a reading but just like the posters everywhere the media attention i think the general public is warming up that yeah this is our new captain america mm-hmm. and he was really good and charismatic during that interview he nailed the what was it the good morning america or whatever yes he was, was practicing in the locking room in the locker room and yeah her, that interview was pretty glowing the you know the lady giving the interview telling him like just saying that he's perfect essentially yeah so and he, he handled it well, so he did seem very humble. If I was somebody that was just watching on the news, knew nothing about John Walker, I would be on this on the side of this dude, too. I'd Ooh, be like, okay. No, not everybody. Bucky wasn't. There's a scene No, but Bucky's... I mean people that don't know. No, no, I know. I just like that's a great, great transition because, like, everybody, just like you said, everybody's so happy for him. You know, he's mm-hmm. perfect. And then, you know, Bucky is sitting there watching. He's getting teary-eyed. And... Just like we, you know, uh, gave, you know, the nod to Anthony Mackie for, you know, tearing up. Like, mm-hmm. Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan is acting his ass off. Yeah, he's doing a great job. I love that Um, you could tell there's one line in particular that really hits him hard. Mm-hmm. It's tough oh, to hear. I didn't catch until the second one because they're, like, zooming in. You can only hear it in the background. But John Walker is being asked about Steve Rogers and if he ever got to meet him or whatever, and basically says that he doesn't. But this is the quote John Walker says, even though I never met Steve, he feels like a brother. And then Bucky, like, kind of like audibly like gasps or like, you know, kind of. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I didn't even notice that. And I was like, Ooh, that is a rough line to just say like, yeah, I see him as a brother. Never met the guy, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's a rough one. If you're like really close to that, if you're close to Steve, like Bucky is. So I don't, I am total understanding of why he would, you know, be off the rails as he, you know, goes to tell Falcon, you, you botched this dude. So, yeah, but yeah, I just a, I feel for Bucky right there. Like mm, all I yeah. can do is just feel for him. Absolutely. So our next scene is uh, what I alluded to of Falcon basically entering a a hangar for to go on a mission. Torres is, or I guess Red Wing has found or located where the flag which, smashers are hanging out. Which is really interesting that he's not controlling Red Red Wing. Red Wing's kind of like in Europe, just, you know, flying solo, 
like doing recon by itself. So it goes to show how great, you know, uh, Falcon's technology is now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just off doing its own, its own Intel. It is really cool. But as Falcon's entering the hangar, he's seeing these cap is back posters all over the place. It's like, he sees one and then he tries to go down the stairwell. There's another. And then in the background, of the scene as you look throughout there's more of them these they're all over the place just he can't escape it and um it, yeah Torres even states that john seems like a good guy so i think that kind of further goes with the general public being on the side of this new captain america and then uh, but um yeah at this point bucky shows off shows up pissed off and yes. he's essentially blaming sam for all of this because sam should have never given up the shield so this will be a lot of the core tension between them and kind of the dynamic where Bucky feels like Sam should have kept the shield because it was what Steve wanted. And then so, Sam feels like we'll later hear that he did felt like he did the right thing by giving it up. So here's a question I'm proposing to you. But um do you think okay. uh whose side of the argument are you on? Do you agree with Sam saying, you know, Oof. like he's he's essentially like he he's unfit to be Captain America? Or do you agree with Bucky saying, you know, hey, Steve picked you for a reason. You know, you should have kept the shield. That's so tough. I think I, if I was in Sam's shoes, I think I would have did what he did and given it to the Smithsonian and said, yeah, like this, I'm not messing with your legacy. You know, this Steve Rogers built it, it's put in the museum, you know, but with the idea, like he thought, nobody's going to touch this thing. Yes, it's just going to be there. Yeah, there's not going to. I think if he knew what like happened now, assuming that there would be a new Captain America, that would, you know, it's out of his control now. The only one who could hold up the legacy of Captain America is Sam. But yeah, so I think knowing what he knows now, I think he would have kept the shield. But I think in that moment, I think he was right to give it to the Smithsonian. See, and I would have done it too. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum because I agree with Bucky, you oh, know, okay. because if you think back on it, Steve is such a great person and Steve didn't make many mistakes, if any, during, you know, our, at least our view of the MCU so far, what we got to, what we're preview to seeing. Mm -hmm. So Steve not making many mistakes out of his closest friends and allies, he chose Bucky for, not excuse me, he chose Sam for a reason. He thought Sam had, you know, because being Captain America isn't just about who's wielding the shield, who has the the star on his chest. It's the person who has those intangibles, you know, person who's going to lay down on the wire while, the you know, his team's coming through. And not everybody, I feel like, has those qualities, but Sam does. Sam is somebody who's going to go to bat for you no matter what. And I just, I think Sam, I mean, excuse me, Steve saw something special in Sam. And Sam didn't have the confidence to, you know, pursue what Steve saw. And that's why he gave the shield up. But that, and that's also why I agree with Bucky as Sam should have taken it up the mantle. At least if he didn't want to take up the mantle, he should have kept the damn shield and not given it to the Smithsonian. Yeah, I, I can see that. I guess it's, yeah, it's all a matter of perspective because I know what, what we'll ultimately find out at the end of the show, I'm assuming is that hopefully Steve was right. And that the journey through this show will be Falcon Sam learning why he is the correct one to take the shield. Well, I think the lesson so far is he's the only one that can 
you know, he needs to be in control of the legacy and not let the government and other people do it. Also, well, we do know Sam gets it back some way. And I want to say before the end of the series or even the last episode, because we do see Sam and trailers practicing with the shield, throwing it at trees. Yeah, I remember so, that. So he does get it back before the end of the show. And I want to say he does become essentially Captain America. I wonder how, because, yeah, Something I don't know. I'll be interested to, to see. Well, later they suggest stealing the shield. I know we'll talk about that later because yeah. they, they decide not to. But I'm I'm interested to see what how the shield ends up back in Bucky's Sam's hands. hands. I mean, so yeah, Sam's hands. But jumping back to the po- uh, podcast, jumping back to the episode, because he got off. Um, when Bucky confronts him, I thought it was funny. He's like, which of the big three are we fighting? And he's like, what are you talking about? Aliens, robots, and wizards. And then I think that's oh, just yeah. kind of a joke, a joke that they made throughout the thing. And then uh, I thought it was funny that Bucky read The Hobbit. And then uh, Bucky just, um, I forget who said it during the episode last week. Bucky just joins in on a mission. He He wasn't like a part of the team, but he's just like, well, I'm coming with you. Because essentially he wasn't done fighting, but he mm-hmm. wanted to continue fighting. So he just joined the mission. Yeah, I like that he just jumps in with Falcons. Like, yeah, I got nothing else to do. I'll, or and, this conversation's not done. I'll just go help you. I think he's itching to get back out into. That's what I wrote. I'm not. This world. is how Bucky gets back into the fight. And yeah, essentially, this is probably good for him because he is gonna, like his psychiatrist kept saying, you know, you need people. And being back in this fight, he has Sam right there the entire time. Yeah, well, I think even in a Captain America movie, kind of like another similarity to Captain America between Bucky and Cap, uh, I think somebody tells Cap like uh, that he's pretending that he could live in a world without a war. That may have even been something Zemo said. I can't remember or something along those lines. I may be misquoting, but I think yeah, same thing for Bucky. I think he it's it's tough for him to live peacefully. And like in episode one, I think the therapist called it that. Yeah, it was bullshit that he just wants to live in peace. Yeah, when he, he kind of needs a a fight. Yeah, he definitely needs at least right now. Um, but that brings us to the next scene where you know, they're on the plane, and throughout the entire episode, they kind of made a joke of just Bucky's glare, like he just stares, you know, without blinking. Yeah. They do so many staring jokes. They, I don't know, <laughs> they they weren't really landing for me. I didn't really get the point of the staring jokes throughout it. Is it just? I, I, I don't get know the point of it either. But I just thought I think. I think Marvel was still trying to add like jokes to it. And yeah. that might've been their way of like adding jokes to this episode, like Bucky's glare. Yeah. It just didn't seem to, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't click with me. I was like, why do they keep bringing this up so much? Or maybe it just mm-hmm. wasn't the joke was landing or I just wasn't getting it. But yeah, I know Bucky stares a lot. I mean, he is very internal and he is very, um, I don't know, strategic. He's constantly watching for different cues, probably, you know, facial expressions and, you know, his environment. So I'm sure staring is a thing that he does a lot, but yeah, I don't know. Not, not a big deal, but I, I did put that in my notes as you yeah. mentioned it. It was just like, yeah, a lot of staring stuff, but um, this is a kind of a fun interaction. We're starting to get a little bit more of the, um, you know, the buddy partner stuff going on with them as yes. um, Bucky's asking for a plan before they go into this mission and Falcon refuses to give him one. I think because Falcon just wants to run this solo but, um, See, and I thought the opposite. I thought he just wanted to like give him a hard time. I thought that's like, like even back from like Civil, uh, I think it's Civil War when they first like got introduced and they were like running together. Like mm-hmm. they always just made like gave each other jabs. 
So yeah. I thought that was just another way of him giving a jab to him. I think throughout the episode, it feels like Sam is kind of like this whole issue between Bucky and this new Captain America and the shield. It's like a conflict he just doesn't want to deal with. Like he almost just kind of wants to avoid it. I think he even says like, I can't think about this. I got to deal with this flag smasher issue. So it feels yeah. like Falcon, you know, kind of jumping out, you know, when we later see the therapist scene, he's the one to just say, he's the one to just walk out and say, once this mission's done, I don't want to see you again. He's just kind of like an avoidant personality right now, as far as this problem. I think because he's still trying to figure out his own internal conflict. I don't think he has the answer. So mm -hmm. it's kind of pointless for him to deal with it with Bucky. At least that's what I take from it. Yeah. But um, yeah, Bucky's not so easy to shake off. No, and, we can see that for sure. And um, he does like Captain America. He's going to jump out of the plane without, without a the shoot, shoot, but not but... nearly as gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> I think Cap also got lucky because he landed in water. Bucky's yeah, like yeah. straight forest. And like <laughs> and the entire thing, Bucky, oh, not Bucky, um, Sam has Red Wing come by and he's like, yep, I recorded it all. <laughs> yeah, I feel so bad for Bucky. He's really, he's really off his game throughout this whole episode. And Which is really... something like... I actually wrote, and I wrote, did Bucky lose his touch? Because Bucky's like, oh, I see four people. And then Sam comes in with Red Wing. He's like, five, six, seven, eight. And so Bucky being out of the mm -hmm. war, like, did he did he lose it? That's, you know, I just kind of, that's what I was thinking. I, I actually wrote that. Yeah, I think maybe it's um, just all the, the, the stress. I guess some of it is being out of the game for a little bit. And then maybe just the stress of everything that's going on um we'll probably talk about this a little bit more as we enter the abandoned warehouse where falcon is tracking everybody but um it feels like they're not a unit yet falcon and bucky yeah like they're very much still trying to do their own thing and take control of the situation they are not a team at this point and yeah i think falcon is maybe mentally strained as he's you know dealing with all the i gave up the shield type of stuff and Bucky, I guess he's well. Falcon maybe... also Falcon also has like the house ordeal with his sister and the boat. Yeah. Like he his he is being spread super thin, and then having to fight the flag smashers and Bucky and the shield and like his conscience is weighing on him. So Falcon's going through a lot, and like you said, he probably doesn't need this. And Bucky is going through his own like trying to cope, you know, with everything that he's done in his past. So they're both, you know, they have so much weighing on both of them. Yeah, so they're really not, yeah, so it it's no surprise that they're, yeah, kind of off right now. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. really not a cohesive unit is probably the best way I can say. But yeah, so at this point, we're in the abandoned warehouse. And like I was saying, they're each trying to do things their own way. There's a lot of conflict between them and no strategy. Uh, I did like the uh, the White Panther. Yeah, joke. I wrote Sam calls him White Panther. And it's, it's Wolf. He likes White Wolf. Yeah, I guess Falcon wouldn't know about that. He probably just knows that Bucky was in Wakanda, Wakanda but he yeah. wouldn't know the nickname. Because I never, I don't think we ever hear White Wolf addressed outside of that end credit scene. No, I don't think Panther. so at all. Because when they go to him in Infinity War, you know, they just bring him an arm, and you know, they said, you know, mm -hmm. he's been sidelined enough, and uh, and he's like. All right, where's the war? Yeah. He just that's it. Yeah, so I like the the white wolf thing. I think it's uh that we'll we'll talk about the like the naming convention a little bit later. But um yeah, so at this point we see that all of the flag smashers are enhanced. It's not just their leader that's strong. It's all of them here. Well, they say eight of them. 
Before you, before you get there, I just want to point out, did you see how fast Bucky runs? I think sometimes I forget that Bucky has super soldier serum in him. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the same extent to Steve had, but Bucky booked it to that uh, at, uh, 18-wheeler. Yeah, and, he was quick. And I forget that. So, like, seeing him, like, run kind of reinforced myself that, you know, oh, yeah, Bucky's, Bucky's also, you know, juiced up. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's probably he's the one that's on the same level as these uh, the flag smashers, and, and he, he's running after the truck because uh, Red Wing is able to notice that there's potentially a hostage in the truck. Yeah, and we know now that she's not, but why is she even in there? Why is she? That's just what I there? thought. Like, why was she just chilling behind something? Like, like kind of yeah. acting like uh, you know, like a hostage behind in there. So that was. I wonder weird. if. I wonder if it's something like maybe since we we know now that she is essentially the leader, maybe her face is a little bit more recognizable. You, maybe you know they're trying to be? hide her. Yeah, because uh, some of them are driving. Some of them, she was in the back because they are like, they're essentially being, which we'll talk about later, they're being hunted by the power broker. And maybe that was just her way of tr- being transported without yeah. being seen because like, who knows how much power he has. Maybe he has satellites where you can see them driving. So if she's hitting in a container, you can't see her driving a car. Yeah, I guess maybe if her face is the familiar one, then maybe she's trying to dodge facial scans and all those yeah. sorts of things. So she's just kind of hanging out in transport. It's the best I can come up with. Yeah. But um, Bucky does catch the the truck. In there is interesting to me. He says they're just, uh, he finds that they're stealing medicine and vaccines. But um, I wonder if that is true. I wonder if maybe it's something else. Um, we'll get more into it because there's there's a lot more that goes into this that kind of went over. I, I, I don't know. I think there's more to this. So one, it could be not medicine and vaccines. It could be, you know, some power broker vials or maybe it's some sort of mixtures. We'll find later that this is or that there's a text from an unknown number later saying, like, you stole this from yes. me. So. Also, the boxes on them have a GCR on them, which I'll talk about a little bit later as we get more into that. Yeah, I hope so you just keep that in mind. I never wrote what it wrote down what it meant because I was hoping you did. Because every time I, I, I did. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Um, but yeah, so it kind of like stalls. Uh, the next scene is like where they're fighting on top of the eighteen wheeler. Um, mm-hmm. I really felt like Bucky was kind of holding back, and I think it goes back to where Bucky is you know, he's lost his touch because those two guys kind of just held Bucky down. And yeah, Bucky might be as strong with as one of them, but Bucky also mm-hmm. has his vibranium arm. I yeah. felt like he should have been able to overpower at least that one guy on his vibranium arm. He really should have been able to handle at, at least well, one of them. I would think so too, because I'm thinking back to in Civil War when it was revealed that there were other super soldiers besides Bucky. And, and he was see, getting kind of beaten by those guys too when he was but on. Then he, but then when he had to protect his uh his like boss, he's like he went into like killer mode and he like got him out of there with no issue. That's true, but he was more like deflecting them. He wasn't really like but fighting them. He was kind of more like time, defending. Though, like, he was still able to hold off, you know, at least however many he got attacked by. And then that's true. You know, so I feel like Bucky has kind of lost his touch or lost his, you know. Yeah. Like he's been domesticated. I think we'll find, I'm starting to wonder if maybe like super soldier type people are a weak point for Bucky. Like he can handle, 
you know, groups of regular powered people. But yeah, there was a civil war winner sold like civil war guys that, you know, that we saw him get beat by one. And then he's struggling with these guys on the truck. We'll learn about Isaiah Bradley a little bit later. It sounds like he struggled against him too. So I don't know. It's just making me wonder that maybe this is a weak point for, for Bucky. Maybe. Um, but we do see Carly break Red Wing <laughs> and Bucky goes, I know. I always wanted to do that. But I felt bad for Sam and Red Wing. I, I was like, you I broke didn't. Red Wing? I was like, uh, I feel like I'm team Bucky this ep- this whole like episode. Like I like Bucky personally more than I like Sam. Really? So Well, I, I going into this, I was more of a Winter Soldier fan than Falcon, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I guess throughout this, I have been feeling like I've been wanting more from Bucky, maybe. And I've maybe been feeling more of Falcon's, I guess, whole characterization. So I guess maybe we're on opposite ends of this. Yeah. I just feel like I'm not getting as much emotion from Bucky. Sebastian Stan's doing a great job acting. I just feel like I'm constantly like, I need a little bit more. Well, but Falcon has got all these dilemmas. You know, Anthony Mackie's going to be acting. I feel like Sebastian, Sebastian Stan is doing a great job acting mm-hmm. with what he has. But yeah. I think his character is so compartmentalized by everything he's done for the last 70 years that, like, he doesn't know how to open up to anybody who's not named Steve. Like, yeah. Steve was always, like, somebody he could talk to. That's true, yeah. So, yeah, that I do like when he eventually opens up a little bit later. So yeah. I imagine that over time I will kind of be more Bucky. on Bucky's side. And I think we'll get more from his perspective as we go forward like i think specifically the next episode will be more bucky centric but um keeping on with the fight it's uh yeah bad enough that falcon and bucky are getting whooped pretty bad but um but now john walker shows up with the captain america shield to to rescue them essentially and he throws that shield well again oh it's such a delight watching him throw the shield i mean it feels like a little bit of a betrayal because you're like it's not Steve, but oh my gosh, seeing that shield. But see, around. so the one thing I did notice when uh, when Walker throws the shield versus Steve, mm-hmm. Steve every time he throws the shield, I don't, I can't name one time where he throws the shield and it hits and comes right back. Like whenever Steve would throw it, it hit, bounced to somebody else, and then come back. Like Walker mm-hmm. threw it and like it was like right back. You, He's more you, single target. Yeah, I think I recognize that too. I kind of like it though. It's just a quick little like shield jab, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah where Cap is going for the more intricate, maybe, like, style hits. I mean, he's a little bit more of a seasoned Captain America, Steve Rogers would be, so he would have that skill set. He could do the fancier things. But I'm really enjoying, like, the shots, like, the way that they're framed and everything. You know, you can see the shield going. That was, like, Mm -hmm. one thing where I think maybe in First Avenger you see more cuts of the shield doing stuff, where in Winter Soldier you're getting to watch Steve throw it and the shield bounce. You know, it's all in one shot. Yeah, I don't know. I was just, I was really enjoying watching John Walker throw the shield. I was like, okay, I could use a lot more of this. So, well, one time when Walker throws the shield, Bucky catches it and then kind of yeah. hands it back to him, like, yeah, bitch, I can do this too. Like, that's the kind of vibe was, that I got. That I got, I was like, yeah, bitch. it was just you like know? a, it's like an impulse. He was like, give me that sort of thing. And he was See, like, okay, I'll and I was it back. thinking, I was, you got an impulse, and I got like, I'm going to catch this because I know you're not the real Captain America. Cause like he even gave him like a, a side, uh, side eye after he hands it to him. Yeah. I took it almost as more of like a sigh of, I guess I should give this back. See, I thought this is so, like, you're not, yeah, I guess different America. perspectives. Yeah. It was a really quick, 
quick moment, so it's kind of tough to read. But I'm yeah, sure all of those internal the, things were going on. Because they're in the middle of a fight. And that's probably why. But um, we also see, like, once again, I feel like, like it keeps going back to, like, I feel like Bucky has lost his touch because Bucky gets thrown off and he's holding on for dear life. Yeah. And then Carly comes down and she's, like, stepping on his arm. And he's having to use his vibranium arm to slow down the truck. And then, mm-hmm. uh, like, so many things are happening, like, I feel like Bucky's just like he's lost his touch. Yeah, like, I, absolutely. I feel like this is something I keep going back to, but everything that I've seen, you know, kind of just reinforces that idea to me. Yeah, I'm I'm totally there with you. Bucky really, yeah, he's really off of his game. Is probably yeah. the best way that I can put it. And it's only been like what, like they said, what eighteen months since in uh, in game. Yeah, well, he's probably battling with, you know, the therapist has always given him the rules. Don't break the law. Don't hurt people. You know, so yeah, he's but kind this, of pulling back. If this back. person's killing you, like, attempting to kill you, like, you have to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's self-defense at this time, at this point. Yeah, he might be slightly holding back. It's probably a couple of things. He's just not been, you know, this engaged in a yeah. fight in a while. So, um, I think going, it's good. Going Go back ahead. to the uh, the scene, like, uh, so Buggy gets knocked off. Um, Falcon, you know, saves Bucky. They roll around the thing on the like, grass. Yeah, like, the, yeah, the flower field. Yeah. I don't know what you call that. I'm not cultured. Um, yeah, I'm not cultured either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, we see Lamar Hoskins jump off the helicopter with John Walker. Right, and, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he gets he gets grabbed like right away. Like I felt like he was like useless. Um, but this is our first scene seeing uh, walker in action as well as battlestar in action and right. i couldn't help but think you know like this is bringing this this episode's really racially toned especially towards the end of the episode mm-hmm. our middle to the end yeah but i couldn't help but think you know both captain americas are white you know and that both their like partners kind of like the falcon and now the battlestar are both black people uh, i don't know yeah. if you noticed that right away but that's something i noticed mm-hmm and but instantly i would want falcon over battlestar because like i said battlestar got gets grabbed by like two people and we see uh john walker shoot one of them and he like has this weird angle where he's like looks like he's crouched with one leg like flat out and then he just shoots him like yeah and he has it like he doesn't he's not shooting him like you know like regular he has him like like gang member style. <laughs> well, I think like, he was grabbed too, so I think he was trying to reposition. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Like I said, around. I, only saw, I only saw it once, so that's how I remember. Yeah, yeah. I think they were both grabbed, and Battlestar, I think, was saying like, "Hey, John, you know, I can could use a hand here." So I think John was kind of trying to quickly be Battlestar. But I think this is a uh, big moment when John shoots one of the flash ma- flag smashers. He doesn't kill him, but he does shoot him. We talked a little bit about the gun on his hip in the last episode where he was introduced. So I think this could be the beginning of a shift for John Walker. He's the only one on this fight that has a gun. The Flag Smashers, Bucky, Falcon, Battlestar, nobody else has a gun. Nobody else is going that far, but John is. And in the comics, the way it works. So one thing uh, I'd like for you to understand from the comics is that in in that steve rogers isn't dead uh john walker doesn't take up the mantle because steve is dead steve is kind of like forced to retire there's some sort of weird government thing and 
they bring in John Walker like they do in the show to be the new Captain America. But ultimately, he loses the title because they deem that he's too extreme of a Captain America. He's, he's acting too, you know, outside of the lines. And eventually, Steve Rogers takes the mantle back. But I think we'll see the same kind of shift possibly happen. I don't think John Walker is necessarily a villain. I don't think we'll see him go that route. Maybe more of an anti-hero type of deal. Maybe more like Bucky. Or at least, you know, kind of Winter Soldier-ish, where he's going to do whatever it takes to get the job done. So he's not, yeah, so I think probably by the end of the show, we'll see him maybe become more unhinged, more extreme, well, and that could lose him the title. Well, even uh, at the end of the episode, you, um, I know I'm jumping a far bit, like, far, mm -hmm. but uh, he, like, when they, Bucky and Sam essentially said, like, hey, no, we don't want to team up with you. He's like, will save the hell out of my way. So you yeah. do see like like that bit of like uh, coming outside the lines. He is getting pushed a little bit more. I think he's trying to hold up, you know, a certain public demeanor. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think he is going to feel the, the weight of the pressure of getting these things done and being a successful Captain America that he might push those boundaries. And I know the thing that probably is going to be brought up is, yeah, Captain America, Steve Rogers used a gun too back in the war but i think that was a little bit different we may have talked about this a little bit in last episode yeah last episode where captain america you know present day before he had left wasn't using a gun we never saw him do that strictly shield you know he wasn't going for the kill shots he was just you know which is crazy because in a war where he's fighting hitler he's using a gun but yeah. when the fact that he's like fighting aliens and fighting you know thanos or whatever the case may be he's yeah. you know not using any type of firearm yeah, I think it is a little bit different, too. I think just as like an audience member, it might be a little bit jarring to watch Captain America trying to shoot aliens and things. But it's really yeah. not in his personality. It may have just been a shift because like in the comics, him and the Punisher really butt heads a lot. Yeah, you mentioned that in the last week. Also. Oh, did I? Yeah. yeah, they they really, yeah, they're two sides of the same. Is that right? They're two sides of the same coin. Punisher was yeah. actually, I think... Um, Frank Castle, he was a little bit inspired by Captain America, but like John Walker, he's going the far extreme with yes. it. So it's kind of interesting to see those dynamics, and Cap, yeah, doesn't really stand for either of those two things. Yeah. But um, yeah, so during the fight, though, I do think um, the way the battle ends, essentially, so ultimately, Cap and, or sorry, uh, John Walker and Lamar get knocked off too so which we their, do see their whole like, side loses we do see a cool scene where lamar's falling off and cap throws his or john i don't want to call him cap because he's yeah, not no, my captain i keep doing that too walker throws that shield to save uh to save lamar and you know that's yeah. another like instinct that you know we would see steve do he would use his shield to save allies while he's fighting so i thought that was a cool thing um, also too then you the fight basically ends when uh walker gets one punched and he flies off into somebody's car and breaks the windshield yeah so yeah they they all lose but i think maybe as far as a like symbolism for the team the dynamic duo that's most effective and cohesive right now is john and lamar and, they were yes. able to outlast it they were working more cooperatively where did falcon they, and bucky got taken out pretty quick did they outlast them because they did come in midway through though so I would say that it's, it's about like, the same. I, I kind of see it as a reset point where now we're on even playing fields. Everybody's 
kind of doing their thing. See, it should I be a think, fair fight at that point. I think if you think about the time they fought, like, they came in midway, they ended early, mm-hmm. you know. That's, I guess. <laughs> tomato, tomato. It's a little bit more even. I, yeah. I see it as Falcon and Bucky got knocked out first because they weren't working as a unit. And, I mean, they were very, they weren't really teamwork. I know Falcon comes in to save Bucky, mm-hmm. but really it's kind of them. And uh, it's know, probably more Bucky's fault than Falcon's, but, but they're even not mid, Even mid-fight, you see, like, Falcon flying alongside the 18-wheeler, like, making fun of Bucky, who's, like, yeah. hanging on, and, like, his, <laughs> his face is getting stomped, and, like, Falcon's not there to, like, you know, like, take her, take Carly off. He's there, and he's, like, like damn, you're getting your ass kicked by a girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not helping his case. But, um, yeah, so after, you, after Walker and Lamar get kicked off, Bucky and uh, Sam are walking, and uh, Bucky's telling you know Sam like, "Hey, you know, they're enhanced. They're super soldiers." Mm-hmm. And then we see Walker and Lamar drive up on a car. Which, where the fuck did they get a car from? Mm-hmm. Like, did somebody just come and pick them up? That was my. I I think of weird things like that. Like you were just in the middle of nowhere. You had to get dropped off by a helicopter. But hey, we had time to secure a Humvee ride back to the. To, uh, he was probably following behind. Do you remember when Falcon was doing his mission? He had Torres on the ground in the Jeep. Yeah, so maybe but, they had one as backup not too far away. Yeah. Because they would have needed right. somebody to, assuming that, you know, John Walker had taken the Flag Smashers, you know, beaten them, taken them captive or whatever. They would have needed to transport them somehow. So I imagine a Humvee Okay, you got, you got a point. That's how I'm mentally working that. So... We'll go with that though. Yeah, but Falcon yeah, also mentions it's been eighty years, and suddenly new eight new super soldiers have popped in. So just like yes. kind of like a neat little frame of reference as far as how strange this is that super soldiers have emerged. So it's 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 a big deal and very out of nowhere type of deal. So, but yeah, as you mentioned, John and Lamar show up in the Humvee and they're basically saying, "Hey, let's work together." And, this is the um, first time they're saying, "Hey, let's work together." Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a spur of the moment thing in the when they showed up in the helicopter. But yeah, yeah. this is the first time like verbalizing. Like, hey, let's team up. up. Yeah. Um, but during this time, also Bucky, you know, Bucky is pushing back on the idea of Walker being Captain America because, like we've known from First Avenger, Sam, uh, uh, Steve jumps on the grenade when, uh, like, when Tommy Lee Jones' character, not Tommy Lee. Is it Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, that's that's his name. Yeah. Okay. The, the when he throws name. the yeah, the actor's name. It's the Colonel the something. General yeah, Colonel. Something like that. Yeah. When he throws know. the grenade, Steve jumps on it. It's like get away, get away, and he like hugs it and everything. Mm-hmm. And Bucky's like, I bet you wouldn't even jump on a grenade. And Walker's like, Well, I have four times. Yeah, like, like four times. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, when he said it, I was like, What? And then he's like, Yeah, I used my reinforced helmet. So like, and he like didn't even go into it, but like. I thought that was like another cool callback to, you know, like yeah. first Avenger. Yeah, they're they're going about it different ways. Yeah, I took it to mean he's just covering the grenade with his helmet and it's yeah, supporting it's like holding yeah, the Yeah, no, no, I in. agree. Mm-hmm. It was just a callback. It um, wasn't clear, like it, I didn't know what he was talking about the first time, so I just wanted to clear that up in case anybody oh. else like me was a little bit lost on what the heck John Walker's doing with grenades. He's yeah, he's not yeah. jumping on it like Steve. Yeah. But um also uh, they're uh persuasion tactic to get that like falcon and bucky on their side is going very poorly and i think lamar kind of botches it immediately when he reveals that 
they were tracking Red Wing to find the Flag Smashers. So like we were kind of discussing in the last episode, it seems that the government is kind of rigging Falcon stuff a little bit. Maybe not to fail, but you remember that line where Where Falcon's like, yeah, he's like, every time your ops guys get in here, you know, he kind of glitches, Red Red Wing glitches out. So I think that was kind of the nod to they're putting trackers and stuff in Red Wing and kind of tampering to do do the government thing of keeping the eyes on them. So yeah, and the government not a friend right now, and yeah, this is a bad look on the government. John Walker and Lamar. And well, another point I wanted to make was uh, Cap was I'm not Cap. Fuck fuck that guy. It's so tough. Yeah, yeah. I keep making that same. Wal- <laughs> Walker wants uh. Cap's wingman at his side. He's like, who better to be at my side than you? You know, you're you essentially serve the first Captain America. Like, who's better to be? And you could see like Sam wasn't as idea to that because Sam's Sam's looking at him. He was like, bitch, I could have been you. Like, yeah. if I really wanted to be captain. I could have. And you want me to be like your sidekick? Like, you know, yeah. like because I think Steve never, even though Sam was. uh Steve, uh, Sam was Steve's sidekick. Steve would have never called Falcon a sidekick. He would have been like my partner, you know, my ally, yeah. my friend. Mm-hmm. And for him to be, you know, say like, "Hey, I want you to be my wingman, my sidekick." Yeah, like I feel like that was a straight insult to you know Sam, who's been doing it, it probably a lot longer than him anyway. I think it also the way John said it made it come off like it's more of a marketing mentality, like in his mm. mind, because he was like. um He's like, I'm trying to be the best Captain America I can be. It would be a lot easier if I had Cap's wingmen on my side. Almost sounds like, yeah, the public would really embrace me more if I had the guys that were vouching for Steve, vouch for me kind of thing. So it almost sounds like more self-serving than it does, I want to hold up the legacy. And Falcon's totally right. Yeah, it's always that last line. Because I was was with John until he said that. And it well, did just kind of rub a little bit the wrong way. That brings that brings up a question that I didn't think about till just now. Mm-hmm. Do you think Walker cares more about this Captain America role for what it can do to him marketing-wise and money-wise? Or do you think he actually is a patriot and wants to serve his country? I think he is an actual patriot and wants to serve his country. Okay. I think ultimately his downfall or issue will be that he's maybe – trying too hard or going about it the wrong way is yeah, what I okay. is what I take it to be. I think he is a good legit guy and yeah, I think that's it's just going to be yeah, just his his maybe ideology if that's the word. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But um uh, do you agree with that or do you think No, no, I agree with that too. I I do okay. think he cares more about the country than trying to be like how many followers he can get on Instagram or something. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't think he cares about that. I think I don't think actually... it's a popularity yeah, no, I, I agree. I In fact, I could, I'd probably even go as far as saying, like, you know, having to do those tours as Captain America, he probably doesn't really care for. He probably just wants to be out there on the battlefield fighting as Captain America. Yeah. Then, um, so during this conversation also, uh, before Falcon leaves, we get a lot of conversation about the GRC, the uh, Global Repatriation Council. So... Yeah, first time I watched this, this my eyes just kind of glazed over as they're talking about all this like weird government stuff. But I tried to pay a little bit more attention on the second. And um, I do think it'll be more important because, yeah, like I said, the GRC, that abbreviation was on the uh, stolen, Bucky calls it like the medic medication mm-hmm. and the vaccines in the truck that the Flag Smashers were stealing. 
So the Flag Smashers are stealing that stuff. And later on, we see, you know, that text saying, hey, you stole my stuff. So I think there is something going on with the GRC. But the the way the GRC is mentioned is or the, described is they are basically handling everybody that was brought back in the blip. The, I think the quote was they're managing resources for the people who were blipped and returned. So they're kind of just working on these blip people, essentially. So they're almost like another arm of the government just for that. Uh, also interesting that they, uh, like Lamar mentioned, people, he calls them refugees. I thought it was just kind of weird. Instead of like, I don't know, just seemed like a different way to to like label somebody. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting that we keep seeing the GRC mentioned. And I wonder if they are going to end up playing a bigger role. And I'm wondering if they might tie into the power broker a little bit too. Because um, if they do have all these resources, who knows how they're using them and just the weird text with the, you know, to the flag smashers. Seems like there's there's more going on. And then just the government kind of being a little bit shady as it has been right now. Uh, I think that's a, uh, a thread that we'll maybe see unravel more as the show goes on. So just wanted to, I don't really have answers on it yet, but I no. do think this is something that we should maybe keep an eye on going and- forward. Some things we're not going to have answers on. We're just going to kind of figure out as we go, just like, you know, like everybody else. Yeah, and I like that. I don't want to know the whole ending. WandaVision was really good at hitting me. I want all the answers. No, I just want some of the answers. I want to kind of have like a good idea of where the show might be going, but I I don't want to know everything. I hate this fact about myself, but I, I like, I hate spoilers, but I hate not knowing. So I'm okay, like reading every spoiler I can. Like, I hate that about myself. Yeah, I'm not good with that. I don't like spoilers. Uh, To me, I like hearing about, like, in these shows, the comics, I like knowing the reference points because I know it's not necessarily a spoiler. It could play a role in the show or it might not, um, as we'll see sort of in the Flag Smasher hideout where we learn about Carly, which I guess we can talk about. That's the next scene. Good transition. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's a professional transition right there. It was an accident. But, um... Uh so interesting when the flag smashers arrive at this hideout so it seems that there are hideouts kind of scattered around the various countries like the (laughs) this is a bad reference but like the jews during the holocaust they had like or even like black people during slavery yeah and i Mm -hmm. think the black people during slavery is a better one because there's this there's so much racial undertone in each of these two episodes you know they would find uh um like a like a, a not a vintage point uh like a it's definitely like a safe house yeah in yeah. different spots and you know like a hideaway and like people are sticking their lim- limbs out or like their life out livelihood to mm-hmm. uh protect these people and just like you know i don't know i didn't catch that guy's name they didn't they didn't mention that. i even turned uh, the subtitles on and it was just like guy okay. or i can't remember yeah, <laughs> yeah it was and random. so he even called carly the robin hood and, yeah and so it's like you know they are uh it's like it's like that where you know they're just going from one hideout to another until they can get to wherever the hell they're going for the time being and the hosts of these the safe house seem extremely grateful to have the flag smashers there like they are bending over backwards to do like whatever they can for these guys which is interesting and as you mentioned yeah they call him call them robin hood is so this seems to be a continual trend is 
we keep thinking that somebody's the villain or the antagonist. We keep thinking the flag smashers are bad, but clearly there's a lot of people in the world that are seeing them as like the heroes that they're yeah, doing right great. And then it's kind of the same with uh, John Walker. It's a little bit more gray there, but as a viewer, we initially thought, yeah, this guy's totally bad. But then the opening scene, we're like, okay, maybe he's not. It humanizes terrible. him. Yeah. It humanizes and her as well. Constantly dealing with these gray areas, both with, I would say, John Walker and the Flag Smashers, especially. So it is interesting because it's making me wonder, okay, are they truly the enemies or, you know, where, you know, where is everything going? Because so far we've been hearing from Falcon and Torres, these guys are bad. But yeah, it, they're very much in line with the mindset that they're they're good. They are helping. They're trying to do things right. Um, so I'm a little bit, I, I don't know quite where I land yet as far as sighting. I don't know that I think the Flag Smashers are like bad, evil group, Hydra-type enemies. I don't think they're Hydra-type enemies. Mm -hmm. I do see them. They're probably going to have, like, Right now, we do see them, or at least, I don't know, you said you don't know how you see them, but I see them as the antagonist. Well, yeah. as, we, as we go on through the show, they're probably going to be, you know, the antagonist, but they're going to be like some, like, their purpose is like, like, has a great meaning. Just like, you know, like Killmonger has a great meaning in Black Panther. Yeah. Well, so I think it's going to be something very similar to that and how that ends. Yeah, I, th I think that's a great way to, to sum it up, too. Um, but right then, but this is the same scene where we do get uh, the text that you mentioned earlier in this episode. Mm -hmm. um, you took what was mine. I'm going to kill you and take it back, which 100% I'm assuming it's the power broker and it is the shit that she stole. That's what I'm assuming too. So, because before I realized, like, or acknowledged the GCR stuff, I was thinking, okay, this is all power broker related. I mean mm -hmm. it, it may not we never get a name we don't really get to see anything but I'm I'm assuming this is power broker that's messaging and but the fact that it was all GCR supplies makes me wonder if the government is somehow funding the power broker in some way and maybe he's the one that's you know kind of cranking out these super soldier serums maybe he's the new guy that's you know coming up with them and if the flag smashers are stealing his stuff maybe they're in a position where they're able to replicate the super soldier in some form or something. And that's why we have eight super soldiers here. There could be more, they could be trying to, you know, build up a bigger army of them. Uh, who knows? So this actually, like, I'm glad we have this show that where we can talk about this right now, because that you saying that gave me an idea. What if power broker works for the G, uh, GCR, the GCR. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she stole stuff that belongs to the GCR, but it also belongs to the power broker who she mm -hmm. got her powers from. Yeah. Like, have you thought of that? Or is that just like, or did that just hit me? No, that, that's essentially kind of what I was saying. Um, also, uh, when we see, so I'm going to skip ahead a little bit just for a moment. But um, when we eventually see, you know, the people that come after the Flag Smashers for the supplies, it's kind of an interesting blend because we know that the text is kind of insinuating like uh you know an evil element or maybe the power broker or after them and not necessarily so we take it to mean like a yeah some sort of weird you know criminal organization yes. that's coming after them but now with the information that it may be gcr yeah that maybe that they are one and the same but also i don't know if you noticed this but 
the guys that were, you know, making the call after the Flag Smashers escaped and are like, hey, they got away or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're wearing like a tactical vest and like yes. a jacket and a shirt. They I look like FBI. Government. Yeah, they yes, look government I, to me. I wrote the leader was wearing a vest. Government? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Yeah. He looked government. They didn't look like some sort of, you know, mob or just some mm-hmm. you know, criminal organization. They looked legit. So I, I yeah, think we'll so see that blend where the government is working with some, man. yeah, unsavory individuals. Like, it's really cool, like that. This is uh, a thing just because Winter Soldier is one of my is my favorite, my second favorite Marvel movie, right behind Infinity War. Infinity War is my first, then Winter Soldier, and then Endgame. Yeah, and that those are my top three, but um, I think it's really cool because they're adding this spy espionage feel to it, and that was the theme of Winter Soldier was an espionage because you know Hydra had you know back channeled their way into Shield, and you know we're getting that government espionage feel again, which I love those type of movies. Yeah, and I think they're really nailing it too. Um, I oh. guess so. Taking a step back, uh, back, back in the, to this episode, I'll yeah, in the safe the house. Yeah, so uh, we've mentioned it a few times that it's the reveal of the leader of the smag, flag smashers. Her name, Carly Morgenthau. Thor, Carly Morgenthau. I, I only wrote Carly, so <laughs> stick with Carly. Yeah. So um, this is an important name because in the comics, uh, the flag smasher villain, you know, singular, just the guy, was a Carl. Morgan, though, mm-hmm. so they're doing a little bit of a gender bend here. So we're now dealing with with a Carly instead. Um, I, I think that's kind of where the uh, similarities seem to end, at least from what I could see as yes. far as Carl and Carly, because um, I don't think Carl ever had the super soldier serum or no, he just had, like weapon like an armored suit or something. Yeah, he just fought Cap and Cap whooped his ass. Um, yeah. Something, two things that I kind of picked up though on this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of it, she's like, "Hey, you know, be ready because." Or no, she's like, "Hey, who, you know, are you guys sure you want to do this? Because something big's happening tomorrow, and I need to know if you guys are in or if you guys want to. Like right now, it's the time to leave. If you guys want to punk out, mm-hmm. and nobody leaves, and then they start chanting one world, one one world, one people." I actually right. wrote one word by mistake, but one <laughs> one world, one people. Um, so I, I think that's like the little, you know, war chant and kind of makes me curious to what's happening tomorrow. The, um, yeah. do you have any kind of guesses? Cause I do have a guess with tomorrow. Um, as far as the flag smashers. Yeah. What are they going to do? Uh, what, what's your guess? My guess is they're breaking our boy Zemo out of prison. Oh, you think, why would they want to break Zemo out? I don't know why. I just think I just know the fact that Zemo gets out of prison because we've seen him walking on eighteen wheelers mm-hmm. and he has his his mask on, and that's the only thing I can think that you know they break him out of prison and you know I don't have a reason why. Maybe they uh, later Bucky you know says like hey you know let's go to the person who knows the most about Hydra. And maybe they want to create more super soldiers and the one person who would know how to do that or at least find the way to do it would be Zemo. So I think they break Zemo out of prison next episode. It's an interesting idea. I'm I'm wondering if uh, Bucky Falcon maybe have to get him out. I don't know. Because they're the ones that are going to see him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. I don't know what the Flag Smashers are going to be up to in the next episode. It feels more like they're on the run. Last we see of them... 
I guess, uh, is the, I guess, yeah, skip, skipping way ahead still, but, um, is that they escape with the, with the supplies on that plane. And one guy gives, gives his life up. So they're down one man too. So whatever their next step in the mission is, is probably what that'll be. I don't know what they're up to yet. They're gathering supplies, Mm -hmm. but, um, I don't know what their end goal for those supplies are just yet. Um, so this brings us to the next scene, unless you have something else that you wanted to talk about. Uh, We can keep going. All right. So Bucky and Sam are uh, sitting, kind of chilling, like on a hang. Uh, on I think they're on a plane. Yeah, yeah, they're on the plane returning home. Yeah, God damn it! I wrote Sam and Bucky are back on the shield. Damn it! Um, but they're back on the plane. Um, Bucky wants to steal the shield, mm-hmm. and Cap. Uh, this brings a point because you had talked about last week that Sharon was an enemy of the state, mm-hmm. and I was saying, ah, I don't know. I think she's cool. And Sharon was branded an enemy of the state when she stole it. And it brings up the question, is she still an enemy or did she also get pardoned? I'm assuming she's probably still on the run. Dang. Because well, um, she wasn't there to, she didn't really save the world like Falcon and Bucky did, you know? Yeah, well, so, Falcon didn't have anything to worry about, but Bucky did. Yeah, but Bucky had additional problems to deal with than just, you know, the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. So, but I do like that once again we're seeing consequences for the actions of past uh, movies, because yeah, I mean it is a a good idea. Bucky saying yeah, it's just steal the shield, but yeah, I love that Falcon's like we did that. Falcons or Sharon's in trouble because you remember the scene where she shows up with a car full of like mm-hmm. Falcon suit and Cap's shield, and then um. So I'm glad that those consequences have reared their head here so and it makes sense Falcon i want to just take the shield again and do that i think it is interesting that um uh i don't know it's like another thing that cap kind of did outside the law a little bit too yeah just a little bit of lawlessness which i think uh that'll come into play in a little bit later in our conversation but um yeah basically bucky still says that he knows somebody that could help them in their quest of what's up with these super soldier stuff and they head to Maryland. Did you catch where in Maryland they are? They had to? Yeah, in Baltimore. Baltimore. You know what's crazy? I'm like 40 minutes from Baltimore right now. You going to go there? I might go meet Isaiah because that's who they yeah, go Yeah, can see. you find his address? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I think somebody I'll lives him. in that house. <laughs> I imagine me knocking on the door and like, yeah. <laughs> hey, is Isaiah home? <laughs> I'm tired of you assholes. Go away. Uh, <laughs> um. So we... We see another nod to race in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the, the little, bat. Yeah, with the little kid. He's like, hey, it's Black Falcon. And he's like, yeah. it's just Falcon. He's like, do they say Black Kid? Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, so it's like a fun way of saying it. But, you know, it's... It is. Yeah, it, it is, is fun because it is a naming convention that the comics have been using for so long. Black Panther, you know, even Bucky, White Wolf. Um, White Panther. Yeah, well, that yeah, that was the joke. But what yeah. else? I mean, there's there's a ton of these out there. Yeah. Um, of course, now I'm thinking of like the ones that don't match the race. But a lot of them is like the Luke Cage, I'm not even Black try. Mariah, I think. Yeah. And th- th- I mean, there are a ton of these that you know. So I'm glad that they're kind of poking fun at it, you know. And I'm glad that it was kind of you know just like a neat thing with with Falcon. Yeah, I thought it was kind of like a nice little like elbow nudge. See, you think of an elbow, and like I. I'm looking at it at a different eye or a different point of view because I see this this series is, you know, 
touching on the the race card so much like oh it's this is only the beginning yeah it's Mm -hmm. tugging on it and uh you know well because the next thing i want to talk about is well bucky meets isaiah and we'll talk about isaiah's grandson in a minute okay um but bucky meets isaiah and they talk about you know they uh, they had a scrimmage where isaiah whooped his ass took half his metal arm but Mm -hmm. so in the comics uh Isaiah is the first black Captain America, or he is black Captain America, essentially. Yeah. And he gets imprisoned. Uh, I think it's 17 years in the comics, but on the show, they said 30 years. Right. And there he's existing around the same time as Steve Rogers. Yes. We should point and, out. And so um, in the comics, he got imprisoned for stealing Captain America's suit. And for shield. a mission. Yeah. Like yes, a one time thing. Yeah. Yes. He gets imprisoned for that. And uh on the show i forget why they locked him away i think it's just because you they know, don't mention it in the show i think but they locked him away on the show and uh they uh they did test on him he said they drew blood and they just all they did was run test on him mm-hmm. and then after they get out the house uh you know i'm jumping ahead because i want to talk about this sam you know he's like he's irate with bucky he's like this guy's, you know, we've had a black Captain America this entire time and nobody said a thing. And Bucky's like, you know, well, Steve, I didn't even tell Steve, you know, like he mm-hmm. didn't want anybody to know. And I think this goes back to the point as like Sam is, you know, if I was to become black uh, Captain America, like look how they treated the first black Captain America. Why in the hell would they treat me differently? And I took it to mean that eventually this is like a lesson for Sam to show how important it is for him to take the shield because there was a black Captain America. Nobody knew about it because he was kind of swept under the rug in favor of the white, you know, perfect, you know, blonde Steve Rogers, Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so he was, so cap, yeah, Steve Rogers got all the praise and Isaiah Bradley was, you know, yeah, really looked down on. So I think for Falcon, this will be meaningful because he can say, okay, you know, another, having a black Captain America now would be very impactful because now we won't sweep it under the rug. This will make more of a statement, you know? So I think this will be kind of a turning point in one of the many lessons Sam will see as far as why Steve was right to give him the shield and why he is the right guy for the job and how important it is. I also want to point out the uh, dynamic between Isaiah and Steve because, yeah, like in the comics, and I'm presuming it's going to be the same in uh, the the show. Hopefully, he comes you, back. Like, well, yeah, but um, so in the what I'm saying is um, yeah, the dynamic between Steve and Isaiah is that they're kind of doing the same things because Isaiah stole the suit presumably and got imprisoned for it for many years. We've seen Steve steal the suit. Remember, he stole it from like the it's Smithsonian or something. Yes. The Civil War, and then there was that uh, time. It may have been Winter Soldier. I can't remember, but remember, there's a Stan Lee cameo where he's. That's like, what I meant. When, I am so Winter tired. It's in Winter well, Soldier. That's Civil War. So technically, Steve has done it twice, or you know, once for the suit, twice for the shield. Or and then in Winter Soldier, he didn't get in trouble at all. That's what because, I'm saying. Is yeah. we're seeing a double standard where Steve didn't have really any consequences for these things, and Isaiah did pay a heavy price presumably for race essentially that's the difference between Mm -hmm. them i mean i'm sure you can talk like character and stuff for for steve but really it is boiling down to 
the government wanting a white Captain America yes. or perceiving that as better than Isaiah Bradley as kind of almost being like a lesser Captain America in their eyes. So um, also uh, Isaiah does say that he was getting experimented on pretty heavily in there, both by mm -hmm. the U.S. and Hydra. So I imagine that his blood is probably where uh, the baseline for these new super soldier serums have been sprouting up. So probably there'll be ties to Isaiah and maybe the power broker if our theories are heading that way. So the, the, these will probably all tie together uh, moving forward. But uh, so, go ahead with your next point. Yeah, uh, well, I just wanted you know, I wanted to bring up that race card again because of how hard it was. But we can go back toward and back inside the house. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Buck, uh, Isaiah talks about how they had a skirmish and Isaiah whooped Bucky's ass, took half his metal arm. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something we never hear about. I, what do you think about that? What do you think that like, because remember, even when Steve fought him, Steve struggled. And mm -hmm. uh, in Winter Soldier, but to find out that somebody, you know, nearly beat the shit and killed Bucky. Like, yeah. what are your thoughts? But like, does that mean he's so much more powerful than Steve? Or do you think he's more tactical than Steve? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. It's could be a couple things. I mean, potentially you could be right. It could be something like that. I mean, Isaiah's definitely strong as shit. But um, also, I think there's an element of Steve not wanting to hurt Bucky. So I think he was holding back, probably pulling his punches. You know, this is this is his friend that's under mind control that he's trying to kind of go easy on, essentially. You know, not not entirely easy that he's going to let Winter Soldier get the upper hand. Well, but I think Steve can take him down. Even in the beginning, you know, before he knew that was Bucky and he was fighting him on the uh, the street before he's like, Bucky, you know, you don't he's fighting him. He didn't know that was Bucky. So I guess that's true. But I I do think I don't know. Maybe I go back and forth. Maybe Steve does pull his punches versus Isaiah, who is more of that John Walker, where he's gonna do what he has to do to you know get the job done. If he even has to kill a person, Isaiah might be more lethal. These are two separate batches of superhero super soldier serum too, because we had uh, Erskine in the first Captain America movie, you know, who seemed to have like the perfect serum essentially. Um, whatever is being reproduced and thrown around beyond that, uh, don't really know. And I believe in the comics, it stated that, you know, first off, just being in prison for so long, but also like the side effects of the, uh, the super soldier serum, I think deteriorated Isaiah a little bit to where he is maybe not as clear headed as, mm -hmm. as Steve was. So there are probably different elements there. So, uh, Isaiah could be more lethal Honestly, I'm not too familiar with um, his characterization or personality from the comics. I just kind of know like the bones of it. Yeah, that's what. But um, so I I may be speaking out of turn as far as exactly what Isaiah is and what he turns out to be. But these are the the this is the gist of his backstory. I would say so. Yeah, yeah I'm interested to see where he goes and how he goes. Are you thinking Isaiah stronger than Cap? Is that where you're going? I just think it's kind of, I don't want to say ironic, but like, it's funny because we saw Steve go toe to toe at Bucky and not know who Bucky was at the time. Yeah. And uh, he just knew that's the person who killed Fury. Mm -hmm. And, you know, him not, you know, I just think him not wanting to like do damage or, you know, he was unable to stop Bucky. 
And, um, but it could always come back to, you know, Cap might have that same feel as like Superman where they pull their punches up just a little bit so they don't mm-hmm. inflict damage while Isaiah, you know, he's there to, you know, get the job done one way or another. Kind of like a punisher. Yeah. I mean, he's out there trying to rip Bucky's arm off. Well, so. he did rip half his arm off. Yeah, that's what I mean. So he is definitely going more, um, more lethal. So the person who answers the door is Isaiah's grandson. I didn't catch his name, and I know you have it. Yeah, Eli. Eli Bradley. Perfect. Eli Bradley is one of the Young Avengers who looks like Marvel is really hard trying to set up the Young Avengers because we now have Eli Bradley. We have Kate Bishop coming in the Hawkeye series. Mm -hmm. Um, Scarlet Witch had her two uh, twins who are in them. I don't know. Yes. And -hmm. then we also have uh, Scott Lang's daughter. uh, Cassie. Cassie. Man, you're awesome for remembering all the names because – since they're not in bio, uh, important characters, I said fuck them. But, <laughs> but yeah. we have all the uh, all these characters who is setting up for the new. Uh, I don't. I I want to say it's going to be a movie, but I don't know if it's a movie or if it's a TV show. But it, they're setting up for what looks to be a Young Avengers, some sort of content. Yeah, I I think, and I I doubt the list stops there too. I think we'll I probably agree. see more Young Avengers. I know uh, they said Kang is going to be in the ant-man 3 movie and yes. kang is like time traveler one of the uh time timelines that he's in he's uh this young character named iron lad kind of like an iron man type character so wait kang kang the conqueror yeah i thought it was hmm okay all right who'd you think it was i'm thinking of the conqueror but i i thought kang was an older person like galactus where they time travel well kang kang does do a lot of time travel he has different like time variations of himself so yeah. I don't know if maybe you're thinking of like those ones version. but he was like iron lad that yeah there's like the because per- he's like purple king the conqueror I don't, I don't know if you're remembering Are you googling him right now? yeah yeah see yeah but i didn't think he was a teenager i think that's a grown-ass man he, the king yeah the iron lad is like a him like a younger version of himself mm, like okay a different like a time different timeline Gotcha. Okay. All right. I'm. Uh, so yeah, it, it's weird because they look so different, but we might see like a young version of Kang, and sometimes they like fight each other. Like Iron Lad will fight, you know, Kang. So, so his future for, self. For for me and for the audience, is Iron Lad a good guy. Yeah, he he seems to be to be a good guy for the most okay. part. Okay. All right. Yeah, I I'm not familiar with these. Like I'm familiar with Kang, and I I was getting him confused with Iron Lad because you're saying mm-hmm. he's a teenager. And I was like, I don't think Kang's a teenager. I think he's a grown-ass man. Yeah, if you yeah. think of Kang, yeah, you think of... So it's usually An just adult. to like think of them by like their uh, their alter egos or yeah, yeah. whatever their like, superhero names is. Kang, Iron Lad, I think there's like a Raman Tut where he's like an Egyptian leader or something. He's, he's all over the place. He's, yeah. So, um, But jumping back to the show, so they are setting up for the uh, Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. um did you have anything else to talk about with isaiah or isaiah or eli uh, not not really i think uh isaiah we probably haven't seen the last of i'm sure he'll become yeah. important as we i agree uh, keep going or he'll he'll keep being referenced and especially if they are wanting to do something we didn't get much screen time with eli no it so was a quick i don't know open the door. what they're planning on with him but yeah he goes by the name he goes by the name patriot is right, what yes. you would know him as so um yeah, so he's got a shield, you know, he's kind of like his granddad. He's kind of like a Captain America type. So um, 
yeah, maybe keep an eye out on him. I don't know that we'll see him throughout the story. I don't know. I wasn't expecting to really see Patriot in this. I wasn't either. Uh, Eli. So I don't know to what extent we'll continue on with these characters, but I wouldn't be surprised to see at the very least Isaiah. But I guess I wouldn't be surprised to see Eli either because they could be setting him up for future shows if they wanted to. Yeah. So so probably they, just that pairing in itself. We'll, we'll see them. And the, the fact that they've kept it quiet and like nobody knew Isaiah was going to be it or Eli is going to be it. I just think it means so much more that they have plans for it down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see like some flashbacks of Isaiah. Me too. Kicking ass. Even this fight scene with yeah. Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, so they walk out of the house and they're fighting. Sam wants to know why didn't you tell me everything I kind of talked about. Mm-hmm. I just mentioned that. Um, but you know, whoop, whoop, police pull up and they see a, you know, it's back to a racial undertone. They see a black man fighting with a white man and they, mm-hmm. they immediately go up to Sam, the black guy. And they're like, you know, I need to see some ID, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I don't have fucking ID. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't need ID. You know who I am kind of thing. Right. He's like, I don't have any. They're like, you know, well, you know, like, I think they're going to frisk him. I don't remember exactly what's going to happen. They're like, you know, put your hands up or something. Or like, they, asked, they were asking for ID. Bucky was telling them mm-hmm. to like, just, just, just show the ID so we can like get out of yeah, here. Yeah, Bucky's like, you know, hey, but I'm the, we're not fighting. We're just talking. We're just kind of being loud. And then the cop's partner yeah. walks over. And he's like, hey, you know, he whispers in his ear. He's like, that's Falcon. You know, that's the Avenger. Yeah. Which we're seeing multiple people notice Sam by being an Avenger. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't notice you. Uh, I apologize. You know, you're not wearing your goggles, so I didn't know. And he's like, hold on one minute. And they go, Sam and Bucky go back to talking. And the cop comes back and he's like, hey, you know, there's a warrant out for Bucky. We got to arrest him, which is, I thought, super ironic because they went to arrest the black guy, but they ended up arresting the mm-hmm. white guy who they had no mind. Like they weren't even looking at him when they pulled up. You yeah. And I do like that. Oh, yeah, I was just um, going to kind of build off of what you were saying. So, yeah, definitely more racial uh, undertones, you know, with the, you know, the cops, you know, kind of coming to harass people. So, um, but I, I do feel like you said, they definitely are pushing the like racial inequality stuff very much in the show. But I think they're doing it sort of like respectfully or they're not pushing the boundary too much because sometimes in shows they'll try to do that. And, um, you know, which is fine, but it comes across as very heavy handed or very preachy. And you're like, I get it, you know, sort of thing. But um, so I was nervous that especially during this scene that they might get to be a little too heavy handed with it when we're we're getting the themes, you know, the subtle themes of it. So but um, I think they are doing it kind of masterfully just in that we're learning about, you know, if you're if you're wanting to kind of maybe educate or kind of shed light on racism uh subjects i think it can be good to show how the characters from their perspective are dealing with these sort of things without overdoing it so um i think in most shows yeah arresting the black guy would probably be the the typical stereotypical thing to to do in it but they they arrest the white guy so it kind of gives like more because bucky's break the one breaking the law here um yeah so it's just kind of like a neat twist because i was expecting you know for it to go over the top of like, okay, the cops just aren't going to listen to reason. They're just going to arrest the black guy and be done with it. But I kind of yeah. like that they stuck with the the story of the show and that, okay, we've pushed it. We've shown that the cops are going to jump to conclusions with Falcon. But um, the story is that these guys are Avengers. They'll be recognized. And then we're going to arrest 
Bucky because he's the one with the worn out. And he has so, a warrant for missing his therapy session. So it's not like he... For minimal, like, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> something like... I mean, it's court-ordered for part of his pardon, but he still missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which, so I, I think it was a... Yeah, it was it was interesting. You thought the cops would just leave him alone, just be like, yeah, we're just having an argument on the street, yeah. you know, just kind of let us do our thing. But um, yeah, of course, Bucky's got a warrant for missing one therapy session. So consequences again. I mean, that is, yes. he does need to be going to those. It does seem kind of petty, but um, I guess they, the cops have to do, I, I guess if you're a cop in that situation, you have to arrest him. There's not really much yeah, you can do. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Um, but that brings us to the next scene. Um, Sam is sitting in the, in the, uh, like the, uh, the waiting room of the, uh, the jail, the jail, mm-hmm. the police station and uh Bucky's therapist, psychiatrist, whatever you want to call her. She walks in and Bucky, not Bucky, Sam's like, thank you for getting him out. She's like, I didn't do it. You know? And they look to the left and there's old, that fucker Walker high five and mm-hmm. signing autographs. And he comes over <laughs> and he's like, you know, I have unfinished business with them too. And she's like, yeah, he got him out. And um, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, man, like, there you are again. Like, right there, it just, I, I just wanted to punch his smug face. Remember how Tony said, like, sometimes I just want to punch you in your smug face with your perfect teeth. Or your perfect teeth, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I felt about about Walker right there. I just want to punch him in his face for that, like, that. <laughs> like, I'm happy he got sting. my boy out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was glad that he got him out too. But it is such a sting that the guy that you're so like you're hating so much is the guy mm-hmm. that keeps coming to your rescue so you have to be like grateful towards the guy you don't like it's such a yeah it's it's such a like a low blow kind of thing and then him just kind of walking in like he owns the place and two it, it's going back because john mentions that uh bucky's too valuable to be yes. doing these therapy sessions and to be in jail so again it's like that wakanda thing where um you know bucky is you know he's only like um so um what i'm getting at is remember in wakanda when you know bucky is recovering black panther shows up you know with the case with the arm and the first thing before even like as soon as he sees the arm bucky says where's the fight because he knows whenever somebody's doing something nice or they come to him it's because they need the soldier like they need him Mm, okay it's never because of like him as a person and in this scenario, it's the exact same thing. They're not there to really help Bucky out of this situation. They're like, we need this guy because he's a valuable fighter sort yeah, of thing. So, yeah, exactly. So this is just a yeah, an ongoing thing for Bucky. As much as he's trying to get away from that, it just keeps coming back to him. But yeah. it also gets us out of ongoing therapy sessions. But we do get one last one because yes. the therapy session that Bucky missed uh, his therapist calls an impromptu one to make up for it in the jail. And, and she makes Sam come too. Yes, yeah, Sam too, which I think was smart. They need to air some shit out. Yes. And <laughs> this is actually, this is like, brings humor back to the show. Because she uses different couples exercises. Yeah. Like as if they're some <laughs> kind of couple. Um, and <laughs> my favorite thing is she makes them like, lock their legs together and stare and then the staring turns into a staring contest which when she snaps <laughs> sam blinks bucky wins i don't know if you saw that but oh yeah boy... bucky always wins the staring i've noticed <laughs> falcon and, always looks away and this was another like call to like you know 
uh, Bucky just gazing, <laughs> like staring at people. Yeah. And like, he's like, oh, well, he's good at this. Like, so I just, I, <laughs> I do like was... their banter. Sometimes it can feel a little bit forced, but um, overall, I I'm never liking their dynamic. I never think oh, really? it's forced. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this therapy session does bring up uh, some, you know, deep seated, you know, feelings. It gets very, mm-hmm. you know, like in, not in, yeah, intimate. I guess you could say intimate. Yeah, they um, air some some yeah because some Bucky, the uh, therapist is like, you know, you guys, what is what are you thinking? Bucky wants to know why Sam gave up the shield, and uh, um, he's Bucky goes, you know, Steve believed in him and gave it to him, and he threw away for nothing. Uh, Bucky also thinks uh, so, um, you know, Sam. I I don't I don't remember Sam's rebuttal. I really don't because. And when he said it, I didn't write it down because I was like, that's not even that great of an excuse in my head. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Sam, uh, Bucky, I, I want to say uh, Sam said he did what he think was right. Something where he did. He thought that was the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. That was essentially his rebuttal. Yeah. Okay. And then Bucky's like, well, if he's wrong to give you the shield, then that means he's wrong about me also. Mm-hmm. And we go back to that point that, uh, you know, or emphasizes Bucky really needs Steve's uh, not, uh, approval or yes approval that's the word mm-hmm. I'm looking for he really wants because everybody holds Steve at this high you know high mark and his approval and his thought on you means the world and Bucky you know maybe if Bucky has Sam excuse me Steve's approval maybe he can move on from being the winter soldier and become James Bucky Barnes once again. Yeah. So it, it makes sense why Bucky would be leaning so heavily on this and on Sam for that. I wish they would have gotten more of an opportunity to, you know, keep going through these, but they're not, they're not very emotional guys, I guess, or neither one Falcon just kind of, you know, instead of digging deeper into that, he really just uh, avoidance again, he really just kind of cuts it off. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, you know, walks off. So, but I would deem it as somewhat of a success. We got a little bit of insight into at least Bucky's mind. So there, yeah. I would say it's, it's progress. It's not ideal the way that they ended things, but we got somewhere. Also, like as Falcons leaving, I think they play a variation of the main theme from the America Winter Soldier uh, soundtrack, which I thought was cool. Um, I think it's the uh, same composer that's doing Falcon and Winter Soldier that was in the uh the movie the winter soldier movie mm-hmm. so i'm glad to see that they've brought some people back for that because especially music because re- that really can like, give you the same theme and vibes and kind of bring some of that back so just a neat little touch that i uh recognized when they were playing that um the therapy session does end with sam saying you know you mentioned earlier that you know after the mission after they're done with the flag smashers they'll go their separate ways and the last thing is bucky asked his uh his psychiatrist uh what's rule number two again which is rule number two is like don't hurt people yeah, yeah. because he wanted to hurt but uh sam at that time yeah I, I didn't really know how to take that i didn't know if he wanted to hurt sam or if he was just thinking going forward should i not try to hurt people or i'm gonna break that rule kind of thing i, I didn't really get a firm read on what he was asking that for okay Personally, I mean, you you could be on it. I watched yeah, it twice, I think, and I was like, I just don't really get what the point was. I thought it was he didn't want to hurt. Uh, he wanted to hurt Sam it because could be. 
because of how the therapy session turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that once they get outside, Walker is there with Lamar, um, and Walker wants to work with them. And yeah. you know, Bucky is the man because Bucky just straight up tells him, "I don't like you. Like, I don't, I don't want to work with you." You know, yeah. you know, you two are a team, and us and us two, we're a team. Like, let's just see who can do it. Like, he doesn't say these words, but that's what I'm interpreting. Mm-hmm. Interpreting. You know, let's just see who can do it first. And then Walker, you know, says, well, you know, if you don't want to work with me, then stay the hell out of my way. Right. And uh, Bucky even calls Walker out and calls him like that he's seeming tense uh, or, yeah, a bit tense or I would say intense is a Mm -hmm. good way to describe him. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the demeanor of John is is fading a little bit as we see him feeling the pressure more. Yeah. Also, if he was so damn obnoxious with the car siren to call them over, you remember yes. that when he like reached? Whoop, whoop, so, yeah, so goddamn annoying. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to go talk to him either. If somebody was blasting a police siren at me, yeah, I don't know. It's just like he's so like over confident, I guess. And then you know, and that kind of brings up the question: Is maybe is Walker entitled as Captain America? Like, um, because you know. He got them out of, he got Bucky out of jail and then he got him out of his therapy sessions. And now, you know, like, I'm just going to make this siren noise and you're going to come over here. Oh yeah. He's definitely swinging his dick around for sure. He's. Oh yeah. yeah. That thing is long and dragging. (laughs) Yeah. He's, (laughs) he, I mean, he mentioned when they were in like the, in the Jeep that they have a lot of resources and he's Mm -hmm. really utilizing them a lot. Yeah. Getting Bucky out. Which I don't mind you using the resources. Just don't throw it in my fucking face. Yeah. He's really being cocky about it so I, th- I think that's another thing i think he's kind of dipping into that um what do you call it like the just the power like he's really succumbing to having all of this power yeah okay and really not being super responsibility is that the spider-man quote great power great responsibility yeah with great so, power comes with great responsibility so yeah i think i i think john's kind of dipping into that a little bit too much and it's kind of getting to his head yeah. So definitely not something. I mean, Steve would probably get them out of jail, but not no, in Steve such a broke cocky manner. Yeah, he, he he broke them out, but still, I, I guess there are some echoes of Steve, but they kind of go about it in different ways. It's like yeah. Steve, you always feel like a like there's some respect, you know, or there's some yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe respect. You always get that he's a genuine good guy the whole time. Yeah where John's just kind of walking in and like, yeah, get these guys out of here, you know, get me a drink. I don't know, whatever. But he didn't say that, but <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's acting like better. he owns the place. The only way it would have been better is like, hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> like, yeah. Act, like a Boston accent or New York accent. <laughs> um. But um, Falcon also says something interesting, or I guess maybe it was his cop out to not really wanting to work with John was um, that they don't want to be tied down by the government rules, like the limitations that, John and Lamar tied to since they work for the government. So Which they is a wanna, good point. It is a good point. Because, and, um, you know, like at the beginning, the first episode, remember Falcon couldn't go into that territory because mm-hmm. it would have caused, you know, it would have caused conflict between the two governments. Well, yeah. same thing with Captain America. Like this actually brings up another question. You know, does Captain America, does Walker, you know, does like he gets to that border and he's like, I'm Captain America. Like I can do this. I have to complete my mission. While mm-hmm. you know, it sets off like 
chain reactions with our government versus their government, while Sam, who's not tied to government, can go where he wants. So him going crossing yeah. that border doesn't start, you know, conflict between the two sides. So inevitably, these four people are going to, you know, come into contact again. John, Battlestar, mm-hmm. and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Do you think next time they meet up, they're going to be fighting each other? Or do you think they're going to be forced into another kind of pseudo team up? Um, Maybe a mix. Maybe it starts off as a pseudo team up. And mm-hmm. then midway through, the baddie gets away. And they end up being like, well, you let my guy go. You know, if you didn't pop in, we had him right where we want him. And then they just kind of start fighting. Because another thing Marvel tends to do is they like their heroes to fight each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Avengers, the first one. Then you have Avengers 2. You know, you think about Iron Man fought with the Hulk. And yeah. then Silver War. And then, you know, you even had it in, uh, you had it brief moments in Infinity War where, like, you, uh, where, uh, fucking brain, I'm, I'm, where the Guardians were fighting, like, uh, Cat, I mean, Iron Man, Spidey, and Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So, it's something Marvel likes to do where they're just, you know, their heroes kind of, you know, which is like a cool thing for us because heroes aren't supposed to fight each other. Like, you know, I'm sure we, lots of people wonder who's going to win between Iron Man and Captain America. You know, yeah. we find, we see it in Civil War. So it's something that's really cool that they do, but I do think that all heroes will eventually fight. I think, I think that's a good point. Yeah. There always is the, you know, the, the fan debate of, you know, could Bucky beat John Walker type deal? So I, I could see them going that route. I think you're right. They probably do need to fight at some point to maybe just show the conflict or just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're onto something. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that go down. Maybe even the exact way that you put it of them trying to work together and then just getting really pissed off at how conflicting they are with each other. So yeah, I, I think they will come into contact i don't know if they'll do it in the third episode maybe fourth i feel Mm -hmm. like they'll probably be diverging and kind of doing their own things in the next episode and then maybe they'll reconvene in the fourth as their threads come into play and i'm kind of basing that on a little bit of the trailers so yeah but um so next is the we, we talked about this a little bit but it's the uh in Slovakia where the flag smashers are loading resources into the plane, the resources they stole. And this is when the power brokers men arrive. And I believe they even specifically say the power brokers men are here. Yes, they do. So, so we do have confirmation on that. And um, yeah, so there's, there's the one guy that sacrifices himself to yep. allow the flag smashers to escape. I don't know if it was that necessary. I feel like he could have just dropped that pole down like he did and maybe just, ran back ran. to the plane yeah. yeah they may have had time but um i mean they they end up killing this guy too you know mm, they light his ass up he's strong but yeah he can't deflect bullets so no, he had he a shield is. he could yeah that is a shame <laughs> but yes yeah, so that guy i didn't really know that guy i didn't really have an attachment to him but Neither it does kind of show the um the extent that people are willing to go to for the cause of the flag yes. smashers, which I think is the the bigger uh, theme there is that because it's going back to these shades of gray again. Are they bad? Are they good? If you're thinking of it in the binary way like that, it's we, we don't really know for sure. But there are definitely people that are full in on this belief that the flag smashers need to succeed. And this guy is willing to die for it 
mm-hmm. immediately. Um, but it goes, we mentioned it earlier, you know, he is wearing a vest, the, uh, the leader of that little battalion group. Oh, the power brokers men. Yeah. Yeah. He's wearing a vest. So it makes you wonder if he's government, if he's some type of, you know, government or maybe, you know, yeah. just who he is. Um, and then I think, um, I, wanna, I think we're on the same. Yeah. I want to say he called the power broker, um, just, just to tell them, no, he called somebody to yeah. say that, you know, they got away. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's the power broker, but I'm not 100% positive. I'm assuming so. That's who I would assume would get the first notice. The guy seemed a little bit nervous to have to make that call to. I yeah. want to be the the messenger to the the evil, you know, mm-hmm. head, head kingpin guy. Because he'll probably shoot you for it. So, yes. But um, I'm assuming it's power broker. We don't know for sure, though. And I don't... When When will we get him introduced, do you think? Next episode. You think it'll be next episode? I think the guy has to go back and, you know, say like, hey, I'm I'm sorry I failed. And, you know, I think it'll be next episode we get the power broker. I I think you're you're probably right. They got to introduce him at some point. I don't know how long. Because, like, you know, in, like, the Daredevil show, they wanted to wait until they showed Kingpin until probably, like, the midway point of the series, somewhere around there. Well, if there's only six episodes, that would be the midway point. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if... Yeah, so I'd imagine maybe next episode we would get to meet the power broker. So um, this brings us to like the last scene of the episode, uh, you know, of the um, the, the episode. episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sam and Bucky, you know, they're talking, and you know, talking about how can they find out, you know, about more uh, super soldiers, more Hydra, because at this time they don't know about the power broker; they only know about the super soldier serum. And Bucky says, you know, we should go to the guy who knows all about Hydra. Uh, and it shows Zemo. Yes, uh, sir. And it shows like looks like Zemo's in that glass cage they had the Winter Soldier in, in Civil War. Um, Zemo looks like he's been in there for a while because my boy has a beard. His hair's mm-hmm. looking a little shaggy. And uh, he looks up and it cuts off. I think he might just be in a generic prison. I don't know that it was too fancy. Mm, they showed maybe, all the doors. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I missed it. I too. mean, you watched it twice. I only watched it once. So you're probably right. Maybe. But, um, yeah, I mean, regardless, he's locked up. Mm-hmm. So just as a recap, if it's been a while since you've maybe watched Civil War, so Zemo, of course, was kind of the main antagonist there, yeah, pulling the strings. So Zemo was the one. So in Captain America: Winter Soldier, Hydra, of course, was the the big evil corporation there, and Black Widow ended up leaking all of their files onto the internet, along with like Shield, and basically just putting everything out there. At which point Zemo was able to like decrypt all of those files and get a lot of the secrets. And he was able to kind of, you know, follow the breadcrumbs and get, he learned a lot about the super soldier project and Hydra. And he was able to get like those keywords that book to trigger the winter soldier. Uh, So, so he has a lot of that background information. So that's why Bucky and Falcon are thinking, he's the guy to go to next because he has all of those secrets. He's researched all of those things, but I am really looking forward to that confrontation between Bucky and Zemo, because if you remember Zemo triggered Bucky's brainwashing and put him against the Avengers again, yeah. and he set him up for the murder of uh King T'Chaka, you know? So yeah, there was, but there's a lot then, of, I think uh, Bucky has kind of, you no, know, I don't think he can, be taken control of that easily anymore oh he's clear yeah sure he 
essentially we're told fixed his mind so he can't yeah. be brainwashed again but i think bucky has some like animosity towards him i think this will be the next time they meet this will be the first time since then that they meet and i don't think bucky's gonna like play nice with him essentially so i'm interested to see yeah what they say to each other and how that plays out because um yeah I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes because it is a tough thing because i'm sure bucky if he could would probably just shoot the guy but mm-hmm. they need his help and bucky's trying you know to follow those rules of not hurt people don't yeah that's rule number two deal. so so the only question i had after watching this uh this show this episode was uh it's more of like a a theory i think mm-hmm. walker's going to go one-on-one with the not one-on-one but you know he's going to fight the flag smashers again he's going to lose and the walker will go to the power broker to get become strong yeah i wouldn't be surprised if some way or another Battlestar and John Walker end up you know, with the the power broker. I wouldn't be surprised if Torres maybe end up in there too. Maybe they all get captured mm-hmm. and they all get experimented on and they all come out okay. Um, I don't know. Or maybe the Flag Smashers are like, hey, we can hook you up. I I don't know. Yeah. If it if it is government, then I don't know that. Um, yeah, I don't know what the deal between John Walker and the Flag Smashers are necessarily. It seemed like more of like a Torres Falcon kind of mission. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of surprised that he showed up at all. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm interested to see how that goes. That could be a good introduction to the power broker is yeah. if they get captured and suddenly yeah. you're here, here's this guy, you know, he's, you know, carries a big shadow. So that, yeah, that could be a pretty in, uh, cool way to introduce him. So, so you're thinking that that's the way it's going to go is John and Lamar are going to go flag smashers and then probably bucky and falcon are gonna follow the zemo lead yes okay because i think i, I think that's true i think zemo i mean bucky and sam want to figure out how they became you know super soldiers so that they can stop that so before they stop the flag smashers they make sure nobody else could become so they don't have to deal with seven versus in a week they have to deal with 14 or 21 or however many more right yeah, I, I think you're onto it. I'm assuming that's the way that we're going. Um, I know we've seen some stuff in trailers. I, I probably won't bring it up here just in case some people are trying to not really delve Boy, too spoilers, much into yeah. that. Yeah, because we, we may know a little bit more. So, but I do think that that's where I'm expecting the episode to go next. Yeah, is. I am too. And I'm anxious to see it. So far, uh, I'd say the show is two for two on episodes. And um, yeah, yeah, I I will say the first episode in my mind was better than the second. Um, but I think that also has to be better just because it has to grab your attention so that you come back next week. I think um, there were but, more story beats in this one. Is maybe but this, why I felt that this way. episode was, you know, was good. And of course, we'll be back next week. You know. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, they these episodes come up quick. It always feels like oh, I gotta wait a whole week for this thing, but yes. yeah, it's, all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's Friday again. And yeah, by the time we release these episodes, it's only like a couple of days before the show. Yeah, ready anyway. So yeah, but a lot to look forward to. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add, Tyler? I don't. I'm uh, I'm tapped out. I think that's all for me this time too. So I think we'll wrap it up here. All right. So uh-huh. yeah. Thank you, everyone, for checking out the Weekly Bugle podcast for the Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode 2. We'll see you next week again with Episode 3. And we'll be back. Uh, Peace out!